0: The fact is, this World Cup has rolled around, and yep. Australia is going to do nothing.
1: Ah, oh, I'm not sure about that. Actually, is this or is this the start of the yeah. uh, podcast now? Has the podcast started?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm recording this.
1: What <laughs> what happened to the run sheet? Where's the run sheet? I've got it in front of me. Uh, well, what's the structure? I thought you had very strong censorship. You were doing all the all the quiller, the quiller documents with the structure. It was all very sort of formal. Now it's just you know some some guy in, in Suriname talking on Skype. You you do nothing. I'm I'm ready. I've got material. I've got I've done I've done my research. I know what I want to say. <laughs> what have you been doing? Nothing. I've 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 got all the research. I've got like quite a few little. Anecdotes and flicks and tricks. Yep, it's just all the all the flicks, all the tricks. Um, you know, all ready to go. I mean, this is what this is what podcasts should be. It's just I mean, this is what podcasts are. It's just sort of just rambling,
0: just free association, rambling. Yeah. So we're just really looking to uh, introduce people up. to to the nature of podcasts. Yep. yep. Well, this is, this is what po- most podcasts are, isn't it? It's just like sort of
1: you know to Two or three blokes just sort of <laughs> <laughs> two, two, or three,
0: two, two or three blokes just talking over each other. Yeah. And sort of just laughing. <laughs> just
1: laughing too hard at jokes that aren't really very funny in with.
0: Go, oh, just classic um classic commercial radio. Yep. You know? Go. Next stop, uh, you become an Instagram influencer. And, uh, then you'd met, uh, the, and then you do a book deal. Yep. Uh, yep. uh, no, we should get on with the podcast. I'd, I'm very, very interested in your thoughts. Uh, uh, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> get out, Aaron, I saw
1: this, I saw these guys from, uh, at, uh, at, at this bar, this rooftop bar that I went to, uh, the other night, these guys from Melbourne were there and, uh, there's uh, this, this is guy at the bar who was like, um, yeah, I can I get a of small but with heaps of ice? Heaps of ice. And the, the woman at the bar was like, what? What? I'm saying, What? So like, I just want to get a lot of heaps of ice. And that, his name is Aaron. And so I had to have a sort of five-minute conversation with him about you know, how our names are spelt the same way, but I, you know, my name is pronounced differently. It's not Aaron. I mean these these are these are the these are the difficulties you deal with as uh, Australian overseas, and this is you know very. I, I feel like it's very similar to what the uh, Socceroos are going to be going through. <laughs> uh,
0: Andrew Naboot, is it Naboot? Andrew, Naboot. Andrew. Naboot. <laughs> Naboot. Naboot. <or> <laughs> Naboot. <laughs>
1: Andrew Naboot, um, as uh, I have uh, saved in my Twitter drafts folder, um, might not win the Golden Boot, but he will certainly win the Golden Naboot. <laughs> oh. Send <twins.
0: laughs> That's up there. That's one of the. That's one of the greats. I mean, he's yeah. quite possibly the greatest Australian striker since Scott McDonald.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's got a bit of the McDonald about him. Yeah, he's yeah, he's you know just sort of what is he? Compact? He's compact. He's quick. He's like he's a, he's on the way to being fat. Like he's just this is just a way station
0: before he becomes fat. Like when he's forty. The, the funny thing about Scott McDonald is 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 that he's only thirty four. What happened to him? Ah, oh, you know he's
1: replaced. He's he's irrelevant in the Scottish Premier League now that. Uh, Tom Rogic is there. Yeah. Premier, the SPL is only big enough for one Australian at a time. You know, early 2000s, Dukes, uh, then Scott McLaren, now Rogic. I mean, Rogic has been there since uh, 2013.
0: And he hasn't really kicked on. He's, he's, he's like the Henrik Larson of uh, uh, Australian football. Yes,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what I, what, what happened in the in, in the in the last season? I mean, he scored like you know quite a few influential goals early in the season. You know, quite a lot of sort of breathless reporting on you know news dot com dot au, sort of Australian Fox Sports.
0: Yeah. Just crap, uh, uh, crap, crap. Video. You know, the um, the news reports of Rogic sort of scoring screamers from outside the box.
1: Yeah. He does I mean he does score spectacular goals. He he's got he's got range. But then then he sort of I don't know, things got a bit got a bit more quiet. And then he scored in the in the in the cup final. Um so he's you know, at least he's he's he plays regularly and he's in some semblance of form, even if it's in the Scottish Premier League. Um you know, uh so that's good. I mean that's that's a bright spot for us. Uh you know, then we've got uh Moy?
0: yeah. Okay. Uh all right. So we're talking about the the Australian squad now.
1: Yeah, I think I think yeah, we're just we're just talking about the Australian squad. I mean, I, you know, you you have a lot of thoughts about where this squad sits in comparison to, you know, 2014, 2010. It's obviously not as good as two
0: thousand and six. But uh, your thoughts on that? Thanks, uh, Timsey. Isn't this squad current? I mean, they are. They're probably second tier in terms of all the squads we've had since two thousand and six, aren't they? I think they're better than two thousand four the two thousand and fourteen squad.
1: Like I mean, twenty fourteen had you know Tim kale was younger, but he was still thirty four, so it's not like he was you know at his peak or anything.
0: Yeah, but there were no other strikers in in I mean, where it was what's his name? I mean, Tommy Urich was there in twenty fourteen,
1: wasn't he? Yeah, but he didn't he didn't
0: get any get any time. Um, yeah, and
1: Matthew Mechie was probably our best player, um, the best player going forward. And, I mean, then it was – and I, I guess it was sort of a slightly more in and younger uh, Mila Yednak. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, the team was pretty similar, sort of, you know, Sainsbury at the back. Yeah. Um, that sort of generation. Uh, so I, it's not really all that different to – uh, uh, sorry, it is. I think it's sort of a similar kind of spine, but the players seem to have matured quite a bit. I mean, all all our good players are kind of around, you know, twenty twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. So they're coming into their into their best years, so called peak years
0: as footballers. Yeah,
1: and and I think you know, yeah, we we still have a, a striking problem, but it feels like we have better options this time. I don't really know. I mean. What's his face has set the team up as a kind of counter attacking unit. Yeah. yeah. And that, that to me seems like it might do, it's just a better approach to take into a World Cup than trying to play sort of 2011 era Barcelona style. John you know, <laughs> <Parker. John> <laughs> <Benito>. <laughs> which was, which was an admirable goal. Of course, we all love Ange for his commitment to his footballing ideals. But, you know, this this type of, you know, the coach is only there, the manager is only there for this tournament. Um, he just wants to, he, he's not sort of obsessed with this whole thing of trying to develop an Australian style and being an Australian coach and sort of dealing with all the kind of institutional, um, you know, prejudices or whatever against Australian coaches that have accumulated over decades and decades, which is what Postacoglu was trying to do. This guy just wants to build a counterattacking unit. He sees that we're not as naturally talented as as you know the French, the Danes or, or the Peruvians, frankly. Um and so, you know, he's got this, you know, nuggety little bloke up front, uh, Naboot. I mean, I think we're gonna start with Naboot, right? It's gonna be Naboot, Cruz, and Lecky, and then Rogic, Mui, Luongo, Sainsbury, um, and uh, you know what's 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 his face up the back? Yeah, and and Milligan, and then Beach, and um and uh, and just remind me his name. Um, then the other bloke, you know, on the other side is it? It's not Diganek.
0: Who's it? who
1: plays on the other side? Maddie. Who and uh, it's Maddie Ryan and Gold. Um, I mean that's that's a pretty that's uh, pretty solid.
0: Pretty, pretty. Oh, so does Luongo start? Does he?
1: well i mean he's he started in the last uh he started in the in the last couple of games so i think the the lineup was the same against um hungary as it was against uh uh the czechs so yeah so i mean he seems to have i mean yeah it, it that that seems to be what the what the starting lineup's going to be so it's it's kind of a you know play the ball through kind of you hit them on the counter kind of team where they use the boots speed and um you know, just have Moy and Rogic kind of pulling the strings. Of course, the question is, can they play together? And, uh, you know, um, shades of uh, Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard. I'm not sure that I really think that's the appropriate analogy, but that's, uh, that's what people are talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Moy, Moy is not the world's greatest dribbler. He's, he's very languid. He's quite, uh, you know, he likes to set the tempo coming out of the back, but he's not...
1: Uh... Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're different. He's He sort of sits a bit, well, he will sit a bit deeper and he doesn't do the same things that Rogic does. I mean, Rogic is like,
0: you know, dribbles. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's all, he's like, I mean, it's the same, uh, he's like a better version of Cruz. I haven't actually, I've never seen Cruz have a particularly good game. He does a lot of running. There's a lot of huffing and puffing and hassling and whatnot, Uh, but the crosses are invariably rubbish. It was maybe one in ten is actually pretty good. Yeah, he could be –
1: he's primed, though. I mean, he's got – you know, he's always had potential but hasn't really – another one of these, you know, Australians who hasn't really kicked on. But he could have a – you know, he could be this tournament's uh, Scotty Chipperfield. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, he's not playing defence, though. Yeah, I know, but, I mean, he's – you know – up and down the flank kind of thing yeah similar similar i mean similar sort of function in the team right i mean his, his job is to run quickly down the side of the field and put a good cross in classic classic chipperfield role luke luke
0: Wilkshire uh. <laughs> yeah will Wilshire Wil she wilshire
1: uh what is it yeah uh will will Wil, Wil-, Wil- Wilsh- um now, you, uh, you obviously were very interested to see that um, Jose Mourinho uh, in his segment for uh, Russia Today, RT, uh, has picked Australia to be second in the group.
0: Yeah, Dark Horse. Australia, yeah. Australia is the Dark Horse. He's,
1: uh... The Dark Horse, or, as they, or as, they, uh, as they were referred to on the leading Peruvian news website, El Comercio, El Comercio, Peru's oldest newspaper, described the Socceroos as el tapadito, which I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> el tapadito. No, it meant, I think that means kind of like a, like a dark horse. It's someone who could spring a surprise, the surprise packet, the tapaditos.
0: Tapadito. Tapa, tapa
1: tapadito. El tapadito. Okay? El Comercio. That's what, that's what they're saying.
0: I've just Googled el... Tapadito, and it's come up yeah. with El Tapatio, authentic Mexican oh, no. food and cantina.
1: Yeah, or El Tapatio is the uh, famous uh, hot sauce. Oh, kind of raises the question: of which, you know, which soccerers will turn out in this World Cup? El Tapadito or El Tapat El Tapatio? You know, this is this is great podcast
0: content. These are these are the tough questions. What? <laughs> these, uh, was there any re- reason yeah. why uh, Mourinho picked, picked Australia as as the as the second place team? I, and I assume it was France that he picked to come first, right? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: no, I think it was just sort of you know working, getting a bit of blood money from uh, Russia today, and you know being a sort of contrarian dick kind of the way that he likes to be, and he thought it would be funny, just as a bit of a just as a bit of a, a laugh, a bit of a, raz, a G up. Um, he's just g and up the uh, RT audience, and I mean, in any event, the guy the guy who introduced him in that segment that they had on their website uh, pronounced his name Marino. So I don't it's, I don't think it's the most sort of football savvy audience that they're talking to.
0: Well, while we're talking about other teams in the group and whatnot, what did you make yeah. What did you make of the uh, Peruvian striker whose name uh, escapes me um, having his Palo Guerrero yeah, Barrero, Carrero,
1: Carrero. Yeah, Carrero having his um
0: having his ban overturned. Yeah, or postponed. So, was yeah,
1: it? it was postponed. Yeah, it was it? Wasn't overturned. They were like, oh, yeah, wow, World Cup's really important. Uh, I guess he can go and play in the World Cup anyway. But he did get the um he did get the letter of support from uh, everyone else in the group uh to say that he should be allowed to play in the World Cup um. You know, what is well, What is the appropriate penalty for having a, a cocaine-laced cup of tea?
0: Um, it's a good question. Uh, is it? Is this the excuse that uh, other sports people have trotted out? I mean, is this what? Work- well, uh, no. So, I mean,
1: he tested positive for um, cocaine particulates or something of that nature and, um, like, just little granules, uh, and he was like, ah, oh, nah, I was just, I was just having a cup of tea, which is like probably about as bad as, you know, the other famous drug taking excuses over the years. Like my mum my gave me a diuretic. My mum gave me a diuretic. That's probably, you know, uh, the most famous bad excuse for being
0: caught taking drugs.
1: But I was just having a cup of tea and it has some cocaine in it.
0: <laughs> what, what kind of tea was that? <laughs>
1: Um, now, I was talking to my, to my uh, Spanish language consultant last night and he claimed that, um, uh, you know, it's actually coca and not cocaine and that it's been mistranslated and the um, English language press doesn't know what it's talking about. But that's not at all the way that, uh, that the uh, Peruvian press has reported on it.
0: Who's this so, Spanish language consultant and what qualifications have they got? Uh, he's followed,
1: you know, Peruvian football. He's Ecuadorian. He's uh, my man in Ecuador and uh, followed, obviously, the quali- qualification campaign in South America very closely and uh, has transferred his allegiances to uh, uh, Peru uh, in the absence of uh, Ecuador at, uh, at the tournament. Uh, so, yeah, no, he's keeping a very close... Uh, very close eye on, on things. But, yeah, like what, 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 what is it is it right that this guy should, you know, have the adjudication of his ban postponed until after the World Cup? Um, no. Sure. Why not? No, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's just a bit of cocaine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or or mean, just a bit of coca. Just a bit of coca. Um, I mean, what, what, why, is it, why is it not okay?
0: I mean, you tell me. You, you—it's a performance-enhancing uh, 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 substance. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's one—it's one, one, it's one so which okay. is—it's—it's it's okay. one which is on the banned just, list. Just, just be quiet, no. be quiet. It's one which is on the banned list of substances that any of these athletes know that they are not supposed to take. And in in the in and in the case of any random drug test, if it's found in the systems, then they will be banned for two years. I mean, it was good enough for. Uh, Richard Gasquet, okay? He, yeah. made, he Actually, yeah. he's, he's the better, he's the better um, example of coming up with a rubbish excuse. What was his yeah. excuse? Um,
1: he was frustrated at his inability to beat anyone in the top ten.
0: <laughs> or to, you know, fulfil the uh, promise of his youth. Ah, oh, yes, the promise of the youth. <laughs> Jeunesse Jeunesse
1: Jeunesse Jeunesse. oh that's right his, um, his
0: excuse was that he inadvertently took cocaine by pashing some girl in a nightclub yeah
1: well that's that's not a bad excuse i mean it's better than i was just having a cup of tea <laughs> um and but i mean what is it but but, but what i'm saying is why it why is it such a why is it looked down upon so much i mean cocaine in in uh, my observation of other people's use of it um, only gives you the ability to um, you know, have sudden confidence in your views on the Arab-Israeli conflict and to talk about them at length uh, for about three hours uninterrupted. I mean, that's, that's what cocaine does for you. That's not going to be useful to Paolo Guerrero when he's lining up against Trent Sainsbury.
0: He may have, <laughs> he may have very strong views about the Arab-Israeli
1: conflict. Exactly. Exactly. When it, and they need to be heard. Um, so, so anyway, so he's, so he's there, but what, what, what do we think about the rest of Peru? Um, dark horses. I mean, they're, they're being held as like actual dark horses by, you know, the non Peruvian media. I mean, everyone seems to be into the idea of Peru in their first world cup since, uh, 1982. Um, you know really
0: potentially springing a surprise yeah i i'm not quite sure i mean that that is based on the fact that what well, they they qualified fifth uh behind oh sorry in front of uh no but uh, behind Columbia. fourth fourth uh,
1: yeah uh well yeah they, they were fourth or fifth well yeah it's that but i mean they've also had a very impressive uh uh very impressive run in i mean they beat... um Croatia two nil in um, in March. Let's just have a quick recap of their uh, their friendly results leading into the into the World Cup. So beat Croatia two nil. That's that's a decent result. I mean, Croatia's a great team. Uh, beat Iceland three one also in March. Um, beat Scotland. I guess that's not so impressive. Two nil in May, and then accounted for the Saudis three nil um, a, a couple of days ago. So you know, I mean, those teams are all Saudis. The um, Iceland and Croatia are all, you know, as good as, if not better than the soccer. Is. So yeah, they're very very solid results, and they're you know they've got a lot of a lot of raw talent, a lot of raw talent.
0: I think most of the Australian pundits have just written off uh, Peru without. Well, they've just written them off, really as the uh as the one as the as as the
1: beatable the the weak link the beatable team yeah. our our japan the equivalent of Japan from two
0: thousand and six well and you know and look at look at what happened to us in uh, in two thousand and fourteen against uh chile yeah well
1: I, yeah and i think they this team yeah i mean it doesn't have sort of sanchez and and sort of that quality of um you know, striking talent. But, I mean, it's still very good. There's Jefferson Farfan, Carrillo, Edison Flores, you know, these are all very, very good players. And um, you've got, you got the Guerrero factor as well. I mean, the, 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 one, the one thing I will say is that, you know, Guerrero is this hero in Peru and he's, you know, there's obviously so much emotion around the um, Peruvians making it back to the World Cup. For the first time in um, you know 36 years, um, he might have a bit of a. I, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking he might have a bit of a, a Marco Echeverri moment. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. And and what I mean by that is, of course, I'm referring to uh, the famous uh, Bolivian playmaker of the early 1990s, Marco El Diablo Etcheverry, um, who took his country to the World Cup. In 1994, uh, for the first time since 1950, so they've been away for, for a very long time, and they haven't been back. Um, basically, single-handedly dragged Bolivia to the World Cup in 1994. Um, then got injured a few months out of the tournament, uh, so there was this whole kind of you know drama around Bolivia not having their best player potentially at the World Cup. Um, but then he recovered in time, and he was just coming back from injury. So in, in their first a group match, which was against Germany, um, reigning world champions, of course, in 1994. Um, you know, this guy, the 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 star, the the player of the generation for Bolivia, um, is introduced in the uh, sort of in the 90th minute, or it's not the 90th, kind of like with 10 minutes to go or something like that. Um, he comes on, so obviously a lot of emotion around the return. Um, I think he takes two touches of the ball and then kicks Lothar Mateus and gets sent off. Yeah, you know, just the just the rush of blood, the emotion. Um, I can see Paula Guerrero is kind of a similar build-up where uh Peru was basically preparing itself um <clears throat> not just in terms of its tactics but psychologically not to have uh their star player on, on at, at the World Cup and so they've now been handed this stroke of good luck and he's all of a sudden back in the tournament. Um you can kind of you can sort of see a scenario in which um, it just the emotion gets to him and he has a bit of a El Diablo Etcheverry style
0: moment. That's 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 my prediction. Okay, I mean, interestingly, the assistant referees in that match in nineteen ninety four were in fact Australian. Wow, look at that The Australian connection. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so that's so that's Peru. But what are your thoughts on uh, on Denmark?
0: Well. <sighs> In, in some respects, Denmark are quite similar to Peru in that they're built around a star player uh, yeah. who naturally, or in this instance, doesn't have a uh, drug-taking excuse to, to trot out. Um, yeah. He's uh, just there sort of counting all the trophies he hasn't won with Spurs yeah. over the last yes. couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah,
1: his excuse isn't, isn't that he's taken drugs and uh, will overperform. His, his excuse is that he plays for Spurs. <laughs> yeah, he's used That's to something. not winning
0: trophies. Exactly. I don't actually know very much about the yeah. rest of the Danish team, um, but yeah. as you would expect from any uh, Northern European nation, yeah, I, I imagine that they will be very well organized, compact, <laughs> actually quite skillful. Um, yeah, and solid at the back, and it's the same in a Les Murray voice. It'll be more convincing. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, and obviously I, there's uh uh Kasper Schmeichel uh, in goal.
1: Ta- talismanic name.
0: Oh, one what of a, the greats.
1: What a talisman. So
0: don't
1: don't need to don't need to remind all our listeners, of course, that the uh the last time uh, Denmark had a Schmeichel in goal um. Uh, I think they failed to make it to the 2002 World
0: Cup. Yeah, one way or another. What, what, uh, what's your uh, read on the, on the Danes? Just go read. Um, yeah, I think, I think the Les Murray
1: voice approach to this one is probably best. Just solid at the back. Tell us about that. <laughs> well organized and solid at the back. Around um,
0: um, two, so... we go to Denmark.
1: <laughs> With Johnny Warren and his
0: new book. She has wogs and poufdas. <laughs> um, so <Sorry. laughs> when, when did Les Murray turn into some some South American drug baron? And poufdas. Um,
1: <laughs> so yeah, and so yeah, solid at the back. Um, I mean, it's all it's all about the uh, it's all about it's all about the midfield there with Tommy Delaney lining up. I just I I really like. I mean, I think there's definitely a niche. Maybe maybe I could start a Tumblr account or something for you know players in teams that have a very specific linguistic identity, but then their names are just like associated with a completely different nationality, like Tommy Delaney uh, yeah. lining up for Denmark. Um, so yeah, so it's all about it's all about Ericsson, just the sort of the uh, the man who pulls the strings from the midfield and um, has that sort of. Impish um you know receding hairline that we uh we all know and love from uh tottenham hotspur um and then you know up front um, quite quite sort of you know sort of built around the i think he's about six foot three um, you know kind of sort of latan like i guess i mean it's probably a bit um A bit much uh yeah you know plays for plays for final Nikolai Nikolai Jorgensen um had a very good season in in 2016-2017 I think he was the top scorer in the Eredivisie um and but he hasn't been so good this season uh and then they've got a couple of you know promising I think I think promising is the right word wingers um, Yusuf Polson and Pione Sisto, yeah.
0: um,
1: who, who kind of break the mold because they're not uh, they're not sort of blonde haired white guys. They're uh, the, the sons of immigrants. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think again, like very talented. I mean, all these players play in sort of top clubs uh, around Europe. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think they're yeah, <laughs> they're very good yeah <laughs> That was about
0: that <laughs> yeah I, there, there, this is why I, I, it just seems a bit difficult to see Australia making it out of the group. Uh, I mean there's no, uh, all right, sure we'll be a counter attacking team. We'll presumably try and defend pretty well, but the the, the the defense has always just sort of been a bit a bit rubbery. Um, we have problem scoring goals. Uh, how are we going to how are we going get around? you know teams which like denmark who are who are pretty organized and 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 have genuine stars like uh Ericsson.
1: yeah I, I don't know like i mean sort of yes these are all these are all good points but um you know uh uh i don't uh, i yeah it's just the emotion of the occasion and you know you get a couple of lucky through balls or whatever through to naboot and uh, and he just sort of just nails his chances, and and away you go. I mean, that's that's all it takes.
0: That's and that's and that's, I mean, and that's what's think... likely to happen, right? It, it's it'll just be like a couple of half chances, some some very fine margins. It'll if we get the rub of the green, as it were, then yeah, we could be three nil up against bloody the French, and we haven't spoken about the French, and I'm sure we will in in yeah. second. Um, yeah. And, yes, maybe. I mean, this is the magic of the World Cup. Strange things happen. And I'm sure we'll come to the Spanish uh, situation uh, soon.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, yeah, I, I think uh, if, I've, uh, if I've taken uh, nothing away from um, the last couple of World Cups is that we've always had those kind of half chances. I mean, let's not forget that we were 2-1 up against the Dutch in bloody 2014, right? Huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, um, well, yeah. Yeah. And we were very sort of competitive in that match, and that was and that was plain. But that was plain sort of possession football. I mean, I guess it was a bit of a weird Dutch team because it was Louis van Gaal and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the Dutch at that point obviously were being spoken of as because they just knocked off Spain. Yeah, and everyone was sort of everyone's minds were blown by that. Um, but yeah, they, they they were they were a very good side. I mean, I, I can also I can also see it going in the direction of sort of. 2010 where we just come out and we're playing the first game against the strongest team in the group and just get absolutely smashed, you know, and that sort of, I mean, obviously we were, we were still, still, you know, close to getting out of the group in 2010. It was sort of the salvage job, but against Ghana and and Serbia, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it it was never, it was never going to be, it was never really going to be a thing after we went sort of four 0 down now in our first match, but um, yeah, no. So, so the French,
0: the French, the yeah. French. Um, yeah, I mean they've certainly well they've looked very good uh, in their in their warm up games. What do you what, what do you mean? They drew one all against the US. No,
1: rubbish rubbish, weren't they?
0: Well, the the bits that I saw that they actually looked pretty good. Uh, we're just in. Oh. Uh, in second yeah. year, half the time, well, for most of the game,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, but what like they look good, as in, well, they're always going to sort of individually look good because they have so much, you know, quality, as um, us and Wenger would say, we have a lot of quality, individual quality, uh, at uh, moments, <laughs>
0: um, <so laughs> just oozing talent,
1: <laughs> like that's. Yeah, the Wenger impersonation probably just tucking in just a little bit behind the Les Murray impersonation and the uh, <laughs> the quality uh, stakes. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so they've got a lot of individual quality, but as as always with the French, I mean, it's sort of a cliché thing to say. It's how they, you know, come together as a unit. You've got to get the unit, a unité,
0: if you prefer. Um, Again, interesting because... And when you look at them historically, obviously it all came together for them in nineteen ninety eight uh yeah they with, with, a, with, with, a, with a much, much worse team. team with a much worse team i mean that was in the i i forgot that in that in that final in nineteen ninety eight i mean Stefan givache actually started
1: yeah oh yeah no they had no they had no striking options i mean Henri and Trezeguet were you know young i mean they were probably about twenty twenty one at that point um and But, you know, we're, we're, we're mostly used off the bench, right? I mean, Henri had all those chances against the Italians in the quarterfinal. Um, yeah, so Stefan Givache and their goals came from, you know, defenders like Lillian Tuam and people like that. Um, so they were, I mean, they yeah, I think this team is obviously a lot more talented um, in the aggregate than than that team was. But that team was a you Know proper team and Emma Jacquet was a great man manager and all that kind of
0: bollocks, yeah, yeah. Whereas now you've got a bunch of bona fide superstars, uh, whose egos are naturally, uh, uh
1: writing, writing checks that their bodies can't cash, you might
0: say, oh, yeah,
1: Top <laughs> tough, tough, gun, tough, 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 tough,
0: tough, 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 well, given the history of uh, French teams in the World Cup since since nineteen ninety eight, you just <laughs> you just don't know what what's going to happen this time. I mean, will Didier Deschamps have to front a press conference and and apologise, or you know, like what what what's going to happen? Will there be a protest and they refuse to get off the team bus? What's going to happen yeah. this time?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't even know. Like, I don't think it's even really settled exactly. Um, how they're going to line up? I mean, the problem is, you know, they've just got so many options. Spoilt for options. Yeah. Oh, Josh Risden, by the way, is is our other um, is our other our our other man in 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 the back. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, do they play? You know, Greedsman, Bappe in the centre and and Dembélé um, on the other wing? Do they put Giroud in the centre? I mean. You know, De- I think Deschamps has a real sort of Giroud complex. You know, he really, he really likes him. He chose him obviously for this squad over, you know, the Lacazettes and the and the um, you know Martial's and the you know Benzema. Obviously, Benzema is his own special case because he tried to, you know, compromise one of his former teammates. But, um, you know, but he's he's got this thing where like Giroud has been so dependable for him. He really. Likes him as kind of a fulcrum, but then, you know, I just I just think it, you, you remember the the final against um, Portugal at the at the Euros. Um, you know, Giroud was sort of Giroud seemed like sort of a limitation. It was a it was a team that had uh, so much talent, but then Giroud was just kind of the a bit of an albatross. I mean, I know that he's a very good striker and he can score very good goals, but um, I I I don't know. I mean, put me in Didier Deschamps, uh, you know, position. Uh, I'd probably just go with the front three. Just go all out. I mean, why not? Just go all out. Gr- Griezmann, Bappe in the center, and Dembélé, you know, out on the other wing. I mean, that would, that's a that's a killer front three. I mean, that's that's incredible.
0: I mean, you would have to re- realistically think that. If those three blokes can't get around the Australian defence, then then there's probably something wrong. I mean, that, they they yeah. should be able to bang in four five goals without even trying. Yeah. Um. And 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 Australia is not going to score. Well, they really shouldn't score any against the French. But yes, who knows? And blah blah blah. Um, yeah. And I guess maybe maybe Deschamps thinks that in his in his back pocket he can. Uh, bring out Giroud uh, if it yeah. all kind of falls in a bit of a heap, and he needs uh, he needs someone to come on and do some yeah. dicky scorpion goal. Yeah, uh, you know it's almost as if, yeah, it's almost as if Giroud is a is a better version of someone like Nicholas Bentner.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he is. I mean, he's a great he's a great target man, and he does have great sort of link up play as well. I mean, he holds the ball up. He Brings people in. He's got the flicks. He's got the tricks, um, but he's just a you know. He, he's I think he's he's a like a world class Plan B. That's how I describe him. <laughs> you know, um, and I mean I would say the one thing the one thing about the French and obviously you know their midfield is incredible as well. They've got you know Pogba, Conte, um, Blaise Matuidi, um, people like that. The the one the one area that they may be a little bit suspect is in is in defence, right? I mean the, you know Larissa's had a bit of a, a bit of a you know dick season for uh, his season for Spurs has been a bit dick. Um, he ha-
0: he has been up and down. I mean, uh, y- yes, yeah. he has. He has a very big nose. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an
1: important detail. I mean, it's not it's not as big as like it's not as big as Thibaut Courtois. I mean. No, oh, he's got sort of yeah, he's got. I mean, he does have that a little bit of that gendarme look to him, Lloris. um but also, but also, you know, the the, the fact that their their kind of left and right backs have been out uh, for a long time and are just sort of coming back into the team. I'm referring, of course, to um, Jules Sidibé and uh, Benjamin Mandy. Um, you know, I mean. That that's that sort of also a little bit of a, a little bit of a weakness. Like they're not they're not sort of I mean they're match fit, but they they haven't played much football over the last sort of six months. Um, and then that you know their their central pairing uh, in defence I think is, is pretty solid. It's Van and Um Um-titty. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty much their only vulnerability. But then th- that, along with the whole sort of can they all play together, you know, too many cooks, is Pogba going to be, you know, the version of himself that he thinks he is or is he going to be the version of himself that we saw uh, last season at, at United where he was just kind of went missing for whole stretches of the season and then had a couple of good moments towards the end. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah I mean, I mean maybe the guy yeah. they've they've really got to watch out for is gante yeah yeah, they've
1: gotta just breaking up the play just breaks it up yeah, just breaks it up, redistributes
0: so good um well, but I yeah. mean, yeah, when you've got uh Vahan and uh, Um Titi and uh Kante sitting in front of them, i mean as 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 you were just saying I mean it's pretty it's pretty solid right
1: yeah. Oh, no, it's 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 world class. It's world class, isn't it? It's different class. It's different class, isn't it? I thought it was different class today. Um, and so but the uh, no, but the, the other thing I just want to make one final point, if I can. Uh, thanks, Timzy. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing that the Australians have going for them is just the f- sort of the fact that you know their opponents will probably underestimate them a bit. So um and i mean the french have done their homework i watched uh deschamps uh press conference from yesterday um where he was asked a lot of questions about the Socceroos yeah and you know he's obviously you know watched things very very closely and he understands that we're probably going to be starting with um um Nabut up front and he you know gets the formations and all that, all that kind of stuff and yeah um it, you know so that's so that's good, and, and they they also said, um, a couple of their players said after um, after their draw against the US, you know, this is a similar type of team to the Socceroos, but we think the Socceroos are better than the US, and um, so this is a bit of a wake-up call for us. So they, they, they don't actually, bizarrely, because they seem like the prime candidate in the group to be complacent about other teams, they don't seem complacent at all. But the Peruvians and the Danes... Um, you know i don't think they really know as much about uh the the soccer. i mean i'm saying this on the basis of you know my 20 minutes of internet research into danish and peruvian news websites um but i mean they all 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 of these countries seem to be saying oh you know the sukkerus main threat is Milayednak, which is obviously just totally wrong and <laughs> that's like in, information from 4 years ago that doesn't apply anymore because Jednak obviously is going to start on the bench. But um, yeah, the, the people seem to be fixated on Jednak, and he's ah, oh, he's this really good player who plays for Aston Villa, and we need we need to really look out for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so So I don't think I think there's a general kind of complacency or ignorance about the Socceroos, which uh, you know could uh, potentially uh, be to our benefit.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's uh, interesting. I didn't I didn't realise that uh, Deschamps had come out and said those sorts of things, and that the players themselves um, had also joined the dots, as it were, between the USA yeah. uh, and and Australia. I mean, just uh, trying to think of the last times Australia has played France. I mean, they they thrashed us. I think when we most recently played a couple of years ago. Um, Oh, that was the that
1: was the Olga Hosiek, um six 0 or six 0 or whatever it was.
0: But we did surprise oh, them in yeah. the in the Confederations Cup, didn't we? sort of back in two thousand and one or some crap like that. Yeah, oh, I mean, slightly different uh, starting
1: eleven for the Socceroos that year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, we scored. Who who scored the goal? Um, it was like poor Paul Ogon. <laughs> it wasn't Paul Ocon. Or, uh, you know, that guy. Who's that guy? Uh, Ned Zelic. No. Um, yeah. No, so, I mean, and then there was, of course, I mean, what are the other great, the other great matches? Well, there was the, the wasn't there a, a kind of um, heading into the World Cup in 2002? Didn't the French come to Australia and play a friendly that was that ended one all. I remember um, uh, someone in the French side that year. I think it was Vieira. Um, yeah, so it was a big deal. Obviously, they were world and European champions, the best team in the world. Um, they came out and they played a friendly. I I don't know if I've just completely misremembered this, but um, they played the friendly and it ended one all. And Vieira before the match was like, "Yep, Harry was... The best left-sided midfielder in the world. He's much better than David Beckham.
0: All of which was true, of course. Pete So, well, look, um, Matt. Uh, put it this way: uh, this will be a very uh, interesting uh, World Cup. What are your uh, What are your predictions for uh, Australia, France? Go quick now. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's going to be kind of four 0 to the French. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we're going to get smashed. <laughs>
0: right. Um yeah, 4-0. Um yeah, 4. 4-0 <laughs> I mean, sounds about right. Uh just sort of maybe three goals in the first half and then they all just have a bit of a relax in the second. Yeah. Competitive yeah. for yeah. around 10 minutes or so.
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll either be 4-0 or kind of, you know, a very hard-fought 2-1 to the French or something like that. I, I think if I'm going to make three predictions, 4-0, hard-fought 2-1, or Australia will win like 1-0 and it'll be like Senegal against France in 2002.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know Trezeguet I, hitting
1: the post. Yeah. What uh, – I mean, what do you where, – where, where, where do you sit uh, on the, the – uh, a Peredekshovans uh, front,
0: <laughs> but I uh, put it this way: I uh, would the uh, if Australia managed to keep a clean sheet, uh, we would be pleased. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not that's not going to happen. Um, no, I think uh, as is the case with all these games, Australia will have a couple of half chances, a few dicky balls over the top, uh, where Leckie sort of straight offside. Uh, some yeah. crosses that don't sort of quite hit the mark. Uh, a lot of um, hands up in the air and to thumbs up uh, to yeah. to for the,
1: for the through balls. It's like in the you can sort of see like, like in the seventh minute. There's just going to be the thumbs up for the for the through ball to Naboot that was like about ten meters. Ten meters too heavy.
0: Yeah, and just the, the slight look of anguish on on everyone's face. Um, yeah. You know Milligan uh, will be all sort of fired up and look as though he's just run a half marathon before he's yeah, even yeah. started.
1: Yeah, he does. He does offer. He does look very sort of look very sweaty very quickly. Wet. He basically goes out yeah wet. He's, he's a very wet player. He's probably the
0: wettest player at the World Cup. Nah, it's going to be good though. Uh, where where will you be watching uh, watching the match?
1: Um, ah, I think I'm just going to go around the corner and uh, just go to the local sports bar. And, um, I mean, it's, it's at, uh, you yeah. know, eight, what is it, 8 a.m.? Is that when, it, when, when it's showing? Well, maybe it's 6 a.m. actually. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, oh, you're in New oh. York,
1: are you? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. no, 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 no. No, I'm here in the room. Well, we're going to watch it together, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the, uh, Enmore Theatre. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Enmore. Enmos.
1: Um, do, are, they st- do, are they still going to be, um, they still bring out the Guru Josh for uh, <laughs> for, for the Socceroos matches at the end, more.
0: Oh, I hope so. We'll find out, won't we? Well, we didn't talk about Spain, but that's okay. We can save that for uh, after after round one. And uh, we've been going for just on an hour.
1: Yeah. No, it's been it's been quality content, um, all killer no filler. All
0: right. On that note. Yeah. Signing off.
1: That was yeah, pretty good.